Hi, this is Kenneth Wong, Senior Editor for DE. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. With metal 3D printing on the rise, many manufacturers are turning to it for not just making prototypes, but for mass production. But is the technology robust enough to support such use cases? To talk about that, I have Jacob, Senior VP of Sigma Labs. Jacob, welcome. I understand that you are a relative newcomer to the company. Would you mind telling us about your background and why you joined the company, please? Certainly. So I've been in and around the space of powder metallurgy and um, some of the joining technologies uh, since I, uh, I came out of school with a materials engineering degree. Um, most recently, prior to Sigma Labs, I was with uh, General Electric and their 3D printing group uh, running their uh, P&L for uh, binder jet technology. Uh, and prior worked heavily uh, on the commercial side for both their laser and electron beam technology as well. Um, so as I as I got to know Sigma Labs, uh, the people and the technology is really what drove me uh, to the group, and I'm excited to be a part of the team that is uh, focused on setting the quality standard for additive manufacturing today. If you're using metal printing to make a prototype, of course, the problem is uh, not that big. If a print job fails, you just print a new prototype. But uh, can it support the kind of usages where you want to be able to print uh, tens of dozens of hundreds of possibly thousands of parts and make sure that all the parts that come out from a printer are of the same quality? The the exciting part is that that is uh, a reality today uh, for a a number of users of the tech today, uh, end users and and large-scale companies. There are parts uh, being produced in the thousands of parts a year across many different machines uh, in large facilities uh, today, from implants to jet engine and rocket components. The the challenge being that uh, that number of of people, though, is not uh, extremely high today. Uh, There are select groups of people who are at that space because there is a challenge. Um, It takes incredible knowledge and a lot of experimental work today to understand windows of operation and where you need to be from a process rigor standpoint to get uh, to that level of production. What kind of industry predominantly want to move in that direction? Automotive, aerospace, uh, consumer goods? So I think because of the the technical expertise and the relative uh, newness of the technology, it lends itself to uh, you know, higher qualification barriers, more expensive components um, early on uh, in the use of advanced technology. And so your preeminent users uh, for production today tend to fall in the aerospace um, space or uh, uh, implantable, um, uh, in, you know, implant area of the medical industry today because they have a little less cost sensitivity as it comes to, you know, getting through some of those hurdles and the challenges uh, of, of the printing. So where that is moving, though, um, are two areas that still have high-tech barriers but have lower-cost thresholds. You mentioned the automotive industry as an example. I think as we move down that cost curve, things become cheaper per cubic centimeter of printing uh, and more reliable. You're going to see adoption in those industries uh, more heavily uh, as we move down that curve. The more complex and the larger the component gets, that uh, increases the complexity. Uh, which which uh, also you know could increase uh, you know cost of the component based on that that size as well as um, you know as you look at qualification and consistency um, the larger and more complex you get the more challenging it gets and 
um, I think you're starting to see, you know, the design limits and what the technology can enable really being pushed today, where you're seeing 300 parts being consolidated down into a single component uh, in the aerospace world. That is a, a part of that larger size that's replacing what used to be structural castings. People also use very complex kind of lattice structures with internal holes and loops and uh, pores so that the product is a lot lighter. How is 3D um, metal printing 3D technology at handling that kind of complex, uh, previously unattempted geometry? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, the, the fun thing to see is it is really pushing boundaries uh, today. So the complexity is um, you know, getting to levels that we've just never been able to, to accomplish in manufacturing. So uh, a really common one, you, you mentioned the lattice structures. So there's, there's certainly light weighting, there's lattice structures and implantables for bone and growth. Um, there's really complex heat exchangers with thin walls uh, that are holding fluids uh, in some cases. Um, we're starting to see that continually push towards the extremes. And I think, you know, with where we're at today already, um, as I mentioned before, traditional inspection technologies are actually having a harder time keeping up than maybe where the system is pushing things. So you're getting such small features inside of parts. How do you inspect those to make sure you've actually produced what you wanted and know that you got that out of the system? My understanding is that uh, it takes actually relatively long time to qualify and certify a particular part. If that part is produced with a newer kind of technology, with new material, it might even take longer. So what are the challenges of trying to convince the regulatory authorities that, uh, yes, this part is 3D printed, but it is safe to fly? You know, qualification is is uh, a term that gets thrown around a lot, you know, qualified material. but uh, it is a very serious thing, and, and that's why there, you know, aren't, uh, you know, everyone in the world isn't producing uh, flight-critical hardware yet today. It's taken a lot of expertise, and I think where that is moving now is um, you're able to actually bring the process, material, part, and uh, machine qualification all into real time in that processing. So creating standards and um, following those standards is a huge part of what is going to take our industry from where it's at today to, um, you know, qualifying and certifying those components faster uh, and hopefully significantly faster than they had typically been done uh, in the past because you can monitor and, and control and understand that your process is in control while producing the parts so that you can actually eliminate the need for a lot of uh, expensive post-process QC. Sigma Labs is known as the um, in-process quality assurance uh, solutions provider, and its flagship product is PrintWrite 3D. How does PrintWrite 3D fit into these topics that we are talking about? Yeah, it uh, it fits right into the heart of it. So as, as the industry adopts this technology, um, there are a number of systems out there from different OEMs, um, a number of generations of those systems uh, and, and one thing that connects it all together is uh, a quality standard, you know, third-party agnostic system that can validate um, technology and parts and process uh, going forward. And, and PrintWrite 3D um, from Sigma Labs is really pushing uh, the boundaries of what can be done in, in process monitoring to assure that you're uh, not only making a good part, but you're making that your process is in control and your, your machinery health is looking good. 
Very good. Jacob, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and giving us your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been uh, a lot of fun uh, talking with you, and um, we look forward to seeing uh, where the additive industry heads uh, over the upcoming years. Appreciate the time. All right. Until next episode, this is Kenneth Wong for DE, and we are signing off.